Well, folks, I, I come to you bringing warm greetings from Brazil, where in our city, Presidente Prudente in the state of Sao Paulo, it's 97 degrees today with a heat index of 103. So it is not that way here. Um, I think this is the first sub-zero weather that my wife and I have experienced. My wife Darcy is in the audience, and uh, we're glad to be here. There are certain places that we go, and, and when we're on furlough, that I mean, everyone knows us, uh, our supporting churches and uh, our, you know, our sending church, you know, especially. And, uh, and then there are places that we go that our children are known more than we are. And this is one of those places. Karina uh, is our daughter. Karina Vergeels graduated in May, and she's serving at the Wilds Christian Camp right now. Uh, she so wishes she could be here. She sends her greetings, and uh, what a blessing. Uh, it is for us to be here. Now, in, in 2019, we had quite a connection with Maranatha. There was um, two sets of, of interns that came down uh, and served with us in the city of Presidente Prudente. Uh, first, we had a, a musical team that came down. It was uh, Mia Ray and Lani Kovac, and uh, they both graduated uh, with degrees in, in piano, if I remember right. And uh, for the 10 days they were with us, we kept them very busy, giving concerts. Uh, uh, we had them in a, in a public school, actually, and, and it gave us a wonderful opportunity to minister to those, ch- you know, those young people there. And uh, they were in our, our two churches in the western part of the state of Sao Paulo. It was just such a—and we even took them down to our seminary, which is our Bible college in the city of Curitiba. It was such a blessing to have them, uh, and we kept them very busy. And then the next month, in in June, uh, Karina uh, came with uh, Melody Bloyer, and the two of them had been three weeks in Mozambique, and then they were serving with us for three weeks doing their internship, missions internship, with us in Presidente Prudente, and had such a blessed time. It was was just so good to have all these very uh, skilled, very trained young people who had a real heart for the Lord, and uh, what what a blessing that was. Well, today, let's open our Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 5 and 6, 2 Corinthians 3, 5 and 6. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that, Lord, you would work in a special way in each heart today. Help us, Lord, to focus in on your word, and, and Lord, may this message transform us. Help us, Lord, to, be, to look to you for our sufficiency. Oh, Lord, and if there be someone here that, Lord, be your will that they serve in the mission field or serve in Brazil, Father, I pray that your will would be done and they would be obedient, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You look at the first part of verse 5, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. It's, to some extent, not, not super clear. And, and to understand it, maybe change the word think to claim. Or to take credit for something that God has done. And not that we are sufficient of ourselves to claim anything as of ourselves. And that's the idea here. And, and there was something that happened in the middle of our last furlough. That scared me to death. 
Now, to explain this, uh, usually I give this presentation right after, or uh, give this message right after our presentation where I show uh, our last church plant and then the beginning of Calvary Baptist Church in Presidenti Prudenti. The Lord sent us out in 2002 uh, to the city of Osvaldo Cruz, which is about an hour north of Presidenti Prudenti, where we currently serve. And we spent 12 years there planting Victory Baptist Church. And Victory Baptist Church is, is it's amazing how the Lord worked. They have a beautiful building. They have a faithful pastor. They have a growing congregation. It's just amazing to see what God did. And at the end of our, of our last, uh, the, the term right before this last one, that church graduated to self-supporting status. And we can show everyone what God had, had done. And, and, and so we have our video presentation. And when, when you do a visit, video presentation, Darcy and I, my wife Darcy and I get together and, and we try to write out a first draft of, of what we're going to do. And, and oftentimes, when we first start thinking about it, we're, our focus is so much on the individual trees of our present ministry and not the, the forest of four years of ministry. So we go back and read our prayer updates and, and we get a flavor for what the Lord has done in those four years and, and you know, what a blessing that is. And then Darcy sits down and writes out the first draft. And then I take that to my office and, and I'll add some things, take some things out, rearrange things, and then put it in the form of a script. And then assign photos to phrases there to get our video presentation ready. And then we go to a, to a studio, to a sound studio, and, and we record the audio. Then I get the, uh, send the audio, the photos, and the script to someone to produce that. This time, another Miranatha uh, uh, grad, uh, uh, Caleb uh, Hetu, was, uh, was so, such a blessing to us in producing our video this last time. And it's, it's amazing when, when, when the producer gets it and, and, and he produces that video and then puts music to all the things that we had done. And then we see it for the first time. Folks, tears just well up in our eyes. We're amazed at what the Lord has done in those four years. And, and that certainly happened this time. But, but, but what, what happened in our last furlough was... We would watch those videos, as you know, video presentation as we were in our supporting churches and, and giving our report. And, and every time I saw that video, I thought, wow, look at what the Lord did. Wow, look at what the Lord did. But the middle of the furlough, I noticed something germinating in my heart that was so not right. And it scared me to death. I went from, wow, look at what the Lord did, to, wow, look at what I did. Wow, look at what I did. But what's the cure for that? I took a three-by-five card and wrote out these two verses. And I prayed through them every single day. Because what that did is gave me a divine perspective on what, uh, how God uses us in ministry. And praise the Lord for that. Right before our, the end of our first furlough, we met with a dear couple who were friends with Darcy's parents in Metro Sao Paulo. Darcy's parents were missionaries in Brazil. And um, so Darcy's a, a second-generation missionary. And um, we met with them right before our, the end of our furlough. We were just about ready to, to head back to Brazil for our second term. And, and there was some measure of success in our first term. 
And people would kind of come up to us and, you know, and, and say things like, you know, man, you're our hero. You're one of our best missionaries and, and things like that. And it really kind of gets in your mind. Well, remember Art Cavey, the retired missionary in Brazil, he said to us right at the end of our first, tur- first furlough, when you get on that plane, you forget everything that everyone has said to you. Because you can't, we couldn't go back to Brazil having this idea that we were these great missionaries that were going to conquer Brazil with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brazil is, the, is larger than the size of the continental United States. We needed to go back to Brazil as servants of God, doing what God wants us to do step by step. Oh, I so appreciated that counsel. It was very wise. Let's look at our verse again. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think or claim anything is of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Folks, that's the key. That is it right there. Our sufficiency is of God. Now, our son and his wife, Warren and his wife, Lada, are serving in Brazil as third-generation missionaries. They joined uh, our mission and, and raised their support. And what a, what a blessing to, to serve with them together. They're actually leading our church while we're on furlough right now. But I don't know of new missionaries going to the field that have the advantages that they have. Neither one will pass through the discouragement of language acquisition. Neither one will pass through the frustration of culture shock. Neither one will be totally wiped out by the heat and presidential prudential. Because in May 2020, when they arrived on the field, they were basically coming home. Lada, who's Brazilian, was born just three hours from our present ministry in Presidente Prudente in a city just as hot as Presidente Prudente is. And Warren was four and a half when we arrived on the field in uh, 1997. So we're celebrating our 25th anniversary on the 31st of this month of our arrival in Brazil. And he was 10 when we moved to the city of Osvaldo Cruz. But we challenge them to remember their divine calling. According to Acts 13.2, God has separated them for the work whereunto he has called them. Therefore, they need to depend upon God's sufficiency and not their own. Their own abilities will not suffice apart from the power of God working in their lives. During this first term, they will be tested as Satan tries to discourage them. If experience is any guide, they will pass through some major trials. The first trial came last July. We got a phone call on a Monday, and uh, our son, Warren, says, Dad, we want to take you and Mom out to dinner tomorrow night. I thought, wow, this is great. And uh, I said to my wife, Warren Warren and Lada are going to take us out tomorrow night. I think they have news for us. And she said, they don't have news for us. They just want to be nice and take us out. And I thought, okay. So we get, get there, we order our meal, and Warren tells us that they're expecting their first child. Oh, praise the Lord. And then he said this. He said, Mom and Dad, you have no luck with grandkids because the three grandkids that we had, we were in Brazil where they were born in the States, and now we we're going to go on furlough, and this new baby was going to be born in Brazil. And uh, we're just not on the same continent as our, our grandbabies when they're born. But then she had a test, and they couldn't detect a heartbeat. They had lost their their child. She needed to go into the hospital and and um, you know have the procedure to uh, take care of the of the miscarriage and 
and, and they were sad, and we were sad with them. Um, but Lada recovered well, and really within a couple of weeks was doing great and, and was working in the ministry and, and uh, you know, in, in recovering emotionally as well. Well, we were getting ready to make our move, and one of the first things we needed to do was move my office from our rented house to Warren's, to Warren's office in his house. And uh, so he had my desk, he had all of my four bookcases of theological books, Warren has probably a stack of books like this, um, but he has Logos, and my, my, my library is pre-Logos, so, uh, uh, so we, we moved all of that over there, and it's funny now, because he he's on my desk, he has his computer set up with my books behind them, so on any Zoom call, you see all these theological books behind him, and it looks pretty impressive, like he's very erudite, you know. But while we were making that move, Lada was very quiet. She was just sitting on the couch. And I asked her, I said, Lada, how you doing? And, and she said, fine. And, and, and Lada speaks to us in Portuguese, you know, but, but it, she said she was doing fine. And, and um, got a call that night. Lauren, Warren said that Lada had a, has a fever. The doctors are fearful. There's an infection from the miscarriage. And she's going to have to be admitted to the hospital again. And she had to have the procedure all over again. And then she was in the hospital for, for a week as they dealt with the infection. And, and we were seriously considering putting off our furlough for another six months just to make sure that they were okay. But she got out. The recuperation was much slower this time, but she was recuperating fine. And the Lord just led that we needed to take this furlough. But that's just the first of probably many trials because the first term is the most difficult that way. There have been MKs that have come to the field, and MKs or missionary kids that have come to the field in the last 15 years, that some of them haven't even made it through their first term in Brazil. You know, they, they, they join the mission, they raise all of their support, and then they come down, and, and for one reason or another, some before their first term ended, some during their first furlough they leave, and, and some after their first furlough, they end up leaving the field, and, it, and it's just so, it, it is so sad. And each missionary agency has an aging population. Uh, for us, our, our mission started in 1935 in the northern part of Brazil. And there, there are pockets in the northern part of Brazil where that, you know, the initial missionaries planted churches, and those churches planted churches, and those churches planted churches. And there are pockets in the northern part of Brazil that, that don't even need missionaries anymore because they're mature fields. But the south of Brazil is not like that at all. The fact is, we, the Brazil field is in need of God-called missionaries. Well, let's look here at our verses again. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament. The, the word able here is, is the, the, the same uh, Greek word translated sufficient in verse 5. Who also hath made us sufficient ministers of the New Testament. There are times we have teams that will come down or uh, pastors who will come down and they're able to minister because we translate for them into Portuguese. And they're able to minister to our people. And, 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 and from time to time, someone will make the comment, Chris, I can never do what you do. And you know, I understand that's a compliment. I do. But it's pretty obvious why you can't do what we do is because you're not called. 
The evangelist Jeremy Frazier put it this way, God does not necessarily call the enabled, but he does enable the called. There, there, you know, I believe in the depths of my heart that if God truly calls you, he will provide the grace you need to fulfill his will in your life. There are three important aspects of missions. First is language, then culture, then climate that are really important. First, language. Now, Portuguese is not the hardest language in the world to learn. It certainly isn't. It wasn't easy for me, though. And I remember thinking, boy, if I could just get to language school and, you know, for a week, I'll be able to start communicating with these dear Brazilian people that I couldn't communicate with yet. And I went to language school for a week and, and you know, and, and there, there were some phrases that I picked up. Oi, hi, ciao, bye. On just banheiro? Where's the bathroom? I mean, key phrases that are really going to help you connect with people, you know? <laughs> but at the time I was going to language school, Three hours a day, five days a week for a whole year, Darcy had instant ministry. She's an MK. She got to Brazil. Uh, her, her dad saw there was a need for a ladies' Sunday school class. That class was very weak. Darcy took that over, and that class just grew and grew and grew. It was such a blessing. So as she was ministering, I was struggling to, <laughs> to understand and to speak this very difficult language, difficult to me. But I remember I graduated from language school. I continued going on tutoring for uh, uh, a couple months, even after I graduated. And they would go over my messages. And for, I, I preached for the first time Easter Sunday, 1998. So we'd been in Brazil a little over a year. And Darcy's dad took the uh, Easter story, Easter Sunday, and, and split up into three parts, the death, the burial, and resurrection. And I had one of those parts, and then two deacons had the other messages. So I had 10 minutes to preach my first message in Portuguese to the congregation. Folks, I had five pages of text that I read. That was the only way I could do it. And, and, and I had my, had my text, and I read it, even had some, uh, some props, some illustrations, and the Brazilians were so glad they were like, Pastor Chris, this is wonderful. And the Brazilians are just so glad that you're there and you're learning their language. And, and, and what an encouragement they were. And we heard that there was even a young man that trusted Christ as a result of that message. But the other MKs, we had three families that were working with us together. And the MKs from, from in those missionary families, they came up to me afterwards and said, Uncle Chris, they call Santa and Uncle, you know, said, Uncle Chris, I didn't understand a word you said. You know, so you, you just go on, though. You just keep working at it. And, and, and you keep growing in your understanding of the language. And, and what a blessing. By the end of my first term, I was preaching full messages in Portuguese and not having to read them. They could be more ex extemporaneous. Well, we were in Osvaldo Cruz, and we had a team come. A team came from Bob Jones University, the Bob Jones University soccer team, of all things. Think about this. What are a group of American college guys going to teach Brazilians about soccer? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. That wasn't their purpose. Their purpose was to provide opportunities for us to minister in a way we could never minister before. 
So we would, we would set up these games and at halftime do testimonies. And, and it's very interesting as we would do those testimonies, uh, you know, at the end of each testimony, the Brazilians would all clap. It's just funny, the, the, the cultural reaction to that. Um, but, but we had set up a game, an indoor soccer game for this team, this team that usually plays on the field, on, you know, on the compu. And, and boy, by halftime, the BJ guys were losing like 10 to nothing. And I'm thinking, what in the world? Indoor soccer is different. You know, the court, you know, setup is different. The ball is different. The smaller ball is weighted. And uh, the, the, the team from Osvaldo Cruz was just really wiping the floor with these guys. But the testimony time went well. And that was a blessing. And then I went up into the stands for the second half, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw the mayor's wife enter the gymnasium. And she saw me and came right up to me, and she said, Pastor, we are so glad this team is here. My husband and I are just so thrilled, and we've talked to the, to the newspaper, and they're going to come and interview you, and the radio station is going to come and interview right after this game. And I thought, well, this is great. I'm going to have our pastor, Pastor Yudi, talk with these folks. He'd be a great spokesman for our church. Well, Pastor Udi was, was out doing some errands, and I didn't have a cell phone, and he didn't have a cell phone and, and at the time, and he never returned. And as the clock was running down, I realized that I was going to have to be the one to do this interview. So I just prayed, Lord, somehow. You know, and folks, I have an American accent. Now, now upper-class people think that's a really cool American accent, like Americans think British accent is kind of a cool accent, you know. Lower-class people, not so much, okay? So I just, I just, just prayed. The Lord would somehow use this, this interview. So the clock ran down to zero. I saw the radio guy there with his remote equipment. He motioned for me to meet him in, the, in center court. I met him in center court. And as everyone's milling around, he asked the first question. He had this very long microphone, and then he, you know, he asked the question, and he put the microphone to my mouth. The most perfect Portuguese I've ever spoken in my life came out of my mouth. And it was very interesting because our people who heard the interview said, Pastor, we knew it was you, we knew it was your voice, but you didn't have an accent. Folks, who did that? That was the Lord. He enabled me with everything that I had learned to, and I, I so wish I could just put that in a, in a jar and open it up and use it whenever I need it. But Lord, the Lord had that for that one particular awesome opportunity. We're on a regional radio broadcast that went through not only our city, but the whole region of the western part of the state of Sao Paulo. Well, climate is an issue. Our, our, our culture is an issue. Uh, the warm, Brazilian people are very warm and friendly. Uh, they're so glad you're there and learning their language. But crime is an issue. You know, uh, we, we sent a picture of our house that we were renting and, uh, on our, one of our prayer updates, and uh, one of our supporting pastors said, Chris, it seems like you know, your wall is larger than your house. And it's tall, but it's not quite that tall. Uh, we have an 8 to 10 foot masonry wall with a gate that opens automatically for us with a little remote clicker. And then we have a three-foot electrical fence above that so that no one would scale it without getting electrocuted or shocked very severely. And then we chip in to, uh, with our neighbors to have a nighttime guard. And, and he's on his motorcycle with his little siren just going all night, you know, uh, patrolling our neighborhood so the criminals always know exactly where he is. And very interesting. But that's what they, that's what they do. And, and, and it's part of that. Now, folks, we don't live... Our lives with our heads on a swivel. But we are very aware of our surroundings. 
For us, we have reverse culture shock. We get back on furlough, and the missionary house that we're living in right now, someone could come right up to the front door and ring our doorbell. And that unnerves us a little bit at first. We're in Brazil. They ring the doorbell, and we talk to them on our interphone and see if we even you know, want to allow them in or, or not, but we can determine that. Climate is also an issue. I told you the temperature today is 97 in, in Presidente Prudente. It's one of the hottest cities in the state of Sao Paulo. I remember in, uh, in language school, they encouraged us to, to watch the news, and we could see the, the news presenters manip- manipulating their articulators, you know, and how to speak Portuguese. And, and uh, they always showed the weather for the state of Sao Paulo, and, and the hottest city was always Presidente Prudente. And I thought, oh, the poor schlubs that live in Presidente Prudente. Because the Metro Sao Paulo is very moderate. The, the highest temperature we've ever had in, in Metro Sao Paulo is like 97. You know, the record high, we're in Presidente Prudente, it's like 110. Um, so it's just, uh, just interesting. And then the Lord calls us to that part of the, the state of Sao Paulo's Valdo Cruz and then Presidente Prudente. But let me tell you, when we made the move from Metro São Paulo to Presidente Prudente, Osvaldo Cruz and Presidente Prudente, Darcy's asthma, my wife's asthma, went totally away. It was just the Lord. She had terrible trouble with asthma in Metro São Paulo. But folks, I'm a Wisconsinite. Grew up in Metro Milwaukee. How in the world does Wisconsinite handle the heat of Presidente Prudente? Folks, it is only by God's grace. God is sufficient. In 2 Corinthians 12, you don't need to turn there, I'll just read this for you, but that's the passage that talks about Paul's thorn in the flesh. He entreated the Lord three times that that God would remove that from him. And this is the response in verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. The bottom line is, if God has called you and you are obedient, he will be your sufficiency. He will provide the total measure of grace you need to fulfill, every, uh, to fulfill his will in every area of your life. It is very important never to have the mindset that would limit what God can do through a surrendered life. The year 2021 marked the 60th anniversary of Darcy's parents' arrival in Brazil. Bob and Corrine Jones arrived in 1961 uh, to Fortaleza, very close to where uh, Pastor Love uh, uh, grew up, and the same state uh, where they uh, uh, were in language school. Neither one spoke Portuguese. Just a few short months after they arrived on the field, Darcy's mom took her English-Portuguese dictionary to the maternity ward with her to give birth to Darcy's older brother. Can you imagine that? But after 38 years of ministry, they planted six churches in and around the metro area of the city of Sao Paulo. They are greatly beloved by the Brazilian people and by their missionary colleagues alike. Our son Warren, third-generation missionary, This year is going to turn 30 years old. He potentially has another 40 years of ministry before he retires, if if the Lord tarries and, and, and allows that. When he retires in the year 2062, our family will have had over a 100 year presence in Brazil. How does that happen? It is only by God's sufficiency. Let's look at our verse again. 
verses again, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also hath made us able or sufficient ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful for your sufficiency. Oh, Father, in every area of our lives, I pray that we would be faithful. And that, Lord, as you lead us, as you call us, and we would be faithful to obey. And by faith, take the steps that are needed to fulfill your call in our lives, knowing, Father, that you are our sufficiency. Oh, Lord, work and move now. Guide and direct. Bless these dear students. Use them this day as they prepare for what you have for them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.